Hello everyone, it's Tony and Cheryl. Buckle up for another exciting episode of Disney Drive Time Podcast. Oh yeah, there we go. So, uh, how was your weekend? It was very nice. Yeah, it went by fast. Super hot here. Good, yeah. Welcome to Monday. So, uh, we're going to kick off like we uh, do with every, well, the past two episodes, (laughs) every episode, uh, with the latest Disney news. So the big news over the weekend um, is that Avengers Endgame has finally surpassed Avatar as the number one film of all time. Uh, As of Friday, Avatar had $2.7897 billion in box office uh, dollars. And as of Sunday, Avengers Endgame finally had $2.790 billion. Uh, That is $853.4 million from the U.S., and $1.9358 billion uh, from the international market. Hmm. Yeah, so uh, Avatar, uh, which was previously number one, was owned by Fox. As of the recent Disney uh, acquisition of the Fox uh, properties, uh, Avatar is now owned by Disney, so they now own number one and number two, and Avatar uh, took that mantle back in 2009 upon its initial release. James Cameron and Disney apparently have uh, four sequels in the works, and they're supposed to be alternating with Star Wars releases beginning in 2021 or 22, I believe. Okay. Excellent. Uh, so this was a big this was a big movie weekend for for Disney as far as news goes. Uh, it was also the 50th anniversary of Comic Con, so Disney released a bunch of news for Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe Phase 4. And uh, Phase 4 is going to be different in that it's not just going to be movies on the big screen because stuff that is on the streaming services is now part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe as well. So that's all going to tie in. Uh, Previously, stuff like uh, uh, Daredevil, the, the Netflix shows, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, those were not... They were peripheral shows, but now everything's going to tie together. Um... So, as I said, it's going to be between the cinematic uh, stuff that gets released in movie theaters and uh, stuff that's coming to Disney Plus, which is their new streaming service, which uh, debuts on November 13th. Uh, Disney will have all of their movie properties on there. Uh, Vault Disney, a bunch of old shows, old content, all your old Disney Channel stuff. And I believe it's going to be $8 a month, $7.99 a month, somewhere around there. So... um, the first movie coming out is going to be Black Widow. Okay. Now, is that one going to be on the big screen? That's a, that's a movie, uh, okay. and that will be released May 1st of 2020, uh, starring Scarlett Johansson, mm-hmm. and it is supposed to take place after Civil War, uh, so it's definitely before Endgame, before Infinity War, so uh, we might actually hear what happened in Budapest. You hear in the Avengers movies, her and Hawkeye talk about, well, remember what happened in Budapest? Right. And what happened in Budapest is actually supposed to show in this uh, movie. So then we can assume that like Hawkeye will be in it? Uh, we're not sure. Huh. He's not officially listed as part of the cast. Hmm. Okay. Um, so also uh, coming next in the fall of 2020 will be The Falcon and Winter Soldier, which will be a series on Disney+. Plus. Okay. And that will be starring the Falcon, and he does get his new Captain America uniform because he is taking over the shield and will be Captain America going forward. Uh, and that will debut in the fall of 2020. Also in the fall of 2020, we have The Eternals, and that is starring Angelina Jolie. 
So that'll be a movie? That is a movie. That's a cinematic release. And now your question along with everybody else's. <laughs> yeah. What the heck are the Eternals? So the Eternals uh, have been around since the mid-70s. And they're supposed to be... Uh, they're Eternals. They came around the same time as life was uh, created on Earth. But they are the descendants of the Celestials. So if you remember from the Guardians of the Galaxy... Oh, good Lord. <laughs> Star-Lord's father, also known as Kurt Russell, was a Celestial. Okay. Um, the Celestials are uh, the creators of the Eternals. So it's going to be something kind of new that we haven't really seen before. So Correct. So not, nothing I need to really have already known. No. So we can move along then. No, right. So the Eternals... Uh, wage war, they protect Earth, and they fight the Deviants. But that's a whole that's a whole different story, and I'm sure we'll learn more about the Eternals as we get closer. All right. But the big thing is it's Angelina Jolie making her debut in the Marvel world. Um, and then we go to uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. That is a movie release, and that is scheduled for February 12th of 2021. Now, is Shang-Chi a known comic character? Shang-Chi is a martial arts uh, character. And uh, part of the martial arts craze of the mid to late 70s. Uh, what's interesting about this is it is also um, considering the Legend of the Ten Rings. Now, you may remember the Ten Rings from Iron Man, Iron Man 3. No, I don't. Uh, the Mandarin was supposed to be part of the Ten Rings. The Mandarin is an Iron Man villain. He has these Ten Rings that were uh, from an alien race, and these rings could do various powers. So the Mandarin was very powerful. Iron Man had his suit. Mandarin had the Ten Rings. So people are assuming that we're going to possibly see the, the Mandarin. Okay. Uh, Next. In this. <laughs> Next, uh, WandaVision coming to Disney Plus in the spring of 2021. And that is the Scarlet Witch, whose name is Wanda, and Vision, who okay. uh, disappeared in what well, was destroyed in Avengers Infinity War. Okay. Um, in the comic books, they end up getting married. So we don't know what's going to happen, but obviously they're a couple. They were a couple in uh, Infinity War, uh, so that will be uh, more of that. Also in spring of 2021 on Disney uh, Plus, Loki okay. will be getting his own series. Uh, and since Loki died in Avengers uh, Endgame, it will be the Loki from 2012 when they went back in time, okay. when Loki escaped with the Tesseract. All right, fun. All right. Um, the next cinematic release, let's see. Nope. The next release will be What If on Disney+. Plus, And that is an animated, will be the first animated series uh, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And that is, um, it, it was a great series when I was a kid. And it's always like, what if uh, the Fantastic Four got different powers? What if, I, I believe the first episode is supposed to be with Captain America and Sharon Rogers, and what if Sharon Rogers became Captain America? So they get to play with it a little bit, so and they, it doesn't affect the, the timeline It doesn't affect the main thing. Like but the cool thing is, even though it's animated, they've got all of the actual actors, so Captain America will be voiced by Chris Evans. Very nice. Um, and, and they'll have all of the voice talent available. Uh, then we go back to the movies in uh, May of 2021 for Doctor Strange and the Mystery of the Multiverse. Okay. So that is Doctor Strange's second movie. Um, the multiverse was hinted at during uh, Spider-Man. We it thought turned that, out to not be a real thing. And it turned thing. out to not be a real thing, but now the mystery of the multiverse uh, sounds like it is a thing. Okay. Um, then we go to the fall of 2021, and our next Disney play, uh, Disney Plus uh, series is Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. So Hawkeye will definitely be in that. Okay, yeah, uh, I would hope so. Possibly as Ronan. 
uh, which is with the character he became in Avengers Endgame. And uh, Hawkeye will introduce, uh, this show will introduce Kate Bishop, who is the next person to take up the mantle of Hawkeye. Okay. And then I know something Cheryl will be uh, anxiously awaiting in November of 2021. We will see the uh, cinematic uh, movie Thor, Love and Thunder. Yes, that's going to be great. And uh, this is going to have both Valkyrie and Natalie Portman returning as Jane Foster. Uh, There's rumors of a love triangle. Um, Part of the movie um, will have Jane Foster taking over the mantle as Thor, uh, which did recently happen in the comics uh, a few about a year and a half ago. And also as part of the story, uh, Valkyrie will be searching for a queen to help her, uh, for her queen to rule New Asgard with her. And this confirms that Valkyrie is indeed the first um, uh, gay character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And then uh, the big surprise... Uh, from Comic-Con was the announcement that there would be a new Blade series. Uh, It will not be starring Wesley Snipes, who had portrayed Blade in the previous uh, film versions. Uh, But there was no release date really released. Uh, Like I said, that was kind of a surprise. The stuff that did did not get any announcements during um, Comic-Con was uh, sequels to Captain Marvel, Black Panther, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. We heard none of that. Um, they were mentioned very briefly, saying they are in the works, and uh, that the Fantastic Four and X-Men series would be uh, in the works as well. Well, I think they have enough to keep everybody busy for a while. Yeah, definitely. So that that's all the movie news. Um, and then we get uh, into some of the park news. Yeah. Um, the one that caught my eye was uh, Illuminations, which we had heard previously is ending on September 30th to be replaced with a temporary replacement called Epcot Forever which will start on October 1st, but there was no announced end date for that. Um, the uh, permanent replacement is going to be called A Celebration of Disney Music, and it was just um, released that it's going to be coming out in May of 2020. So that's when we'll be seeing that. It uh, is supposed to feature large floating set pieces, custom-built LED panels, kites with special effects. I'm not sure what that's going to be, but I'm sure it'll be cool. Uh, choreographed moving fountains, lights, pyrotechnics, and lasers. Lasers. You can't get enough lasers. I'm surprised there's no drones in this. I know. That would have been kind of neat, but... Yeah, so that's kind of cool. And um, other park news, uh, there is a new dance party. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which Woo! I am, I am not a fan of the dance parties. But uh, the Descend Dance Party, <laughs> celebrating the release of Descendants 3 is going to take place in the Disney Springs Marketplace stage from July 26th through August 11th. And then after that wraps up, it will be part of the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party taking place over uh, by Cosmic Rays. Um, So, yeah, if you enjoy dancing, uh, (laughs) head head over there. Um, Other news in the parks. uh, There was a list of the top ten amusement park restaurants that was uh, just released. I... He was starting, Tony was starting to tell me a little bit about it, and I got very excited because I love to talk about food and, and restaurants in Disney. Who doesn't love food? Well, yeah, and the restaurants at Disney are just always a little bit better than the restaurants um, at any other vacation places that we usually go to. Uh, so, you know, at least at theme parks. So I guess they chose 10 of the top theme park restaurants. And Disney managed to snag six spots. With which yep. ones? Uh, Via Napoli Restaurant e Pizzeria in oh. Epcot. We have not done that. 
No, we have not. I've heard great things about the pizza. Yep. But it's on the list to try. But, you know, we've got New Haven pizza here. We so, do have uh, New Haven pizza here, but... Uh, Chef Art Smith's Homecoming. Which we've done. Which we've been to. And eh. we didn't love, so didn't love. that one's a little surprising. Right. Be Our Guest Restaurant in the Magic Kingdom. I also do not love it. Uh, like it. Love the atmosphere. Yeah, the atmosphere was good. Didn't love the food. But they do have the gray stuff. They And the gray stuff was delicious. It was. Uh, Boma Flavors of Africa from the Animal Kingdom Lodge, which yeah. we've eaten at many times. Yeah, one of and my favorites. we do love. Uh, the California Grill at the Contemporary Resort. Obviously We've a classic. We haven't we haven't done it, but um, yeah, there's nothing nothing wrong with the California Grill for sure. And then it kind of I find it funny that this restaurant is on the list, but the Sci-Fi Dine-In Theater in uh, Hollywood Studios. Well, you wouldn't think so, but we do like it. We've been there a few times, and I can never get a priority seating there. Right. It's you know if you're trying to go a couple of months out, it's all booked up. So the last couple of times we haven't eaten there because I couldn't get in. No, there you go. So uh, I guess people uh, people do enjoy it. Yeah. So what else happened this weekend? Uh, we went to see The Lion King. We did. We did. What did you think, Tony? Um, you know, I'm not going to give any spoilers. <laughs> Although everybody should know uh, what happens in The Lion King. Um, I was, uh, to put it in a word, I, I found it underwhelming. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at some point I think you turned to me and you were like, do you need a tissue? I was like, no. I don't need a tissue. It, no. No, not a tear was shed. In the original, many tears shed. I think part of it was just knowing what the story was going to be. So, you know, there's no surprise. So there's a little bit of uh, lack of emotion just from that. But also, I don't, I think there was just maybe a little bit less that they were able to do trying to keep the characters looking like real animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I will admit I shed a few tears, but that's just me and you know I have an emotional wreck. Um... You know, it, it was almost a direct translation from the original version to the new live-action CGI. Um, there were some new bits of dialogue. They did modify uh, a couple of the songs a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, it was it was good. It wasn't bad. You had said to me that if it was the first Lion King movie, if there hadn't been a Lion King movie before this, it would have been a very good movie. Right. But... You know, going and having having seen it and completely knowing the story, it was just okay. Yeah, there was there. I I did not feel the emotional attachment to this movie that I got the first time I saw it, and with the animated characters. And you know, Disney does animation, and even though they're animals uh, with somewhat human characteristics, they're drawn in such a way that that you take a liking to them, and. It's a little easier to see a lion cub who's drawn versus, you know, a real lion cub. You know, yeah, it's I just... think it's almost like they were able, when they were drawing it, they were able to make the animals seem more human when they were drawing them. Right. So that you could connect with them more. Whereas when you're trying to use animals that look like real animals, there's only so much you can do. And, and I don't think there was that same connection with those animals because they... They were just animals. Right. And, and a lot of times Disney will take a, if they know who's doing the voice of a, of a character, mm-hmm. they will sometimes pattern the uh, character after its human counterpart. Um, you know, with some looks type of or the a look or a, a facial feature, mm-hmm. you know, like if a guy's got big ears, they'll put big ears on him or a big nose or if he's known for something or a body shape. And when you're trying to make your, you know, your, your graphics real... And make them look like real animals. You can't do that, right? Like when when uh, 
you know, uh, Simba's father, uh, Mufasa? Mufasa, is on screen in the animated version, and it's James Earl Jones. I see James Earl Jones, mm-hmm. you know, in Mufasa. And now it's like, I heard his voice, I knew it was James Earl Jones, but I, it was yeah. it was a lion, it was like if a lion had a ventriloquist, <laughs> and James he was doing a James Earl Jones impression. Right. That's kind of what I felt it was. Yeah. Uh, you know, that being said, graphically, the movie was, oh, it was amazing. It was just in the just the scenery. I don't know how. So maybe that's, you know, they're calling it live action and really it's just a whole bunch of CGI. But when I was watching it, I was thinking, OK, well, maybe the live part of it is just a lot of the scenery. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they used um, the landscapes of Africa right. and then, you know, used the CGI to create the, the actual animals. Um, but it was it was absolutely beautiful. But I mean, there were scenes where uh, Simba was walking on a sand dune, and his footsteps were displacing sand, and sand was sliding down the sand dune. So, uh, yeah, the technology is amazing. Yeah. You can't argue that. Yeah, no, I mean this movie, this movie could not have been made ten years ago. No. You know, ten years ago it was very big, or fifteen years ago it was big when Monsters Incorporated came out, and they were able to. Uh, animate Sully with so many individual pieces of fur. Mm-hmm. Um, but now to have animals that look... I mean, if you did not know that this, that they were computer generated, you would be like, holy cow, how many animal trainers did they use on right. this set? Right, um, You know, that's how realistic the animals looked. Uh, all the way down to bugs mm-hmm. and, and flies and... Uh, you and know, I think every, the, every type of creature. And that was maybe almost a little bit of the part that made it difficult was that it was so realistic and so you can only make um lions look so different from each other so like all the female lionesses all kind of looked the same you know it was a little bit hard to choose figure out which one sarabi was like unless she was talking and and it made sense for it to be her you didn't know if there was six lionesses laying there you had no idea which one which one it was um and then the same thing well you know it's Sarabi was the only one who had a, had a talking part, you know, and the, the tough thing I think was when they were older, when Nala was with Sarabi, you didn't really know right. which so one was which. so there's a point where Nala gets up to like sneak away. And I'm like, I had no idea until she was, until she basically got over to find and found Simba. Right. Who, which, which lioness it was. You couldn't tell. And then like when Scar and um, Simba are fighting at the end, mm-hmm. you can't tell which lion is which, you know, in the fight scenes. Well, this is a bit of a spoiler, but but Simba wins. Well, I know. But, you know, it's just, it's two lions fighting and you, know, you can't really right. see Scar's scar in the, in the animated version. Scar's coloring is so much darker mm-hmm. that it's, it's clear to see which lion he is right. and in this with them looking so realistic it's much harder to tell them apart mm-hmm. and uh you know the vocal talent you know with the exception of james earl jones you had a whole new cast so mm-hmm. voices were different uh, a little funny to hear seth rogan no i, I like that i thought that was great he, he did a good job i but, think he did yeah you know nathan lane versus seth rogan mm-hmm. and... it's different it's for sure different but i mean you had said that you you thought that it was good for a whole new generation previously before we right. saw it. And I think that still stands. So like I said, if you if you had never seen this movie before, it would have been a fantastic movie. Right. And there are people, there are children who haven't seen this movie. Right. And I'm sure they think it's fantastic. And I think that's part of what Disney's doing with all of these live action remakes is, you know, a lot of these kids don't want to sit through a 70, 75 minute, 80 minute 
traditionally animated movie anymore. They want computer graphics. They want, you know, stuff that's a little more realistic. And this is just another medium for Disney to get that story out to them, to a new generation. And, you know, in 15 or 20 years, it's going to be the kids who were brought up on The Lion King from 2019, uh, you know, talking about like, well, geez, you know, we're now we're bringing our kids to the holographic, mm-hmm. you know, 20... <laughs> 2039 version of the Lion King and you kids don't have the same attachment that I had to the live action Lion King from 2019 so you never know you know maybe it's just it's part of Disney's uh, ultimate marketing plan of, of just getting the story to a, to a new group of kids and I think it works <laughs> what, premature beep premature beep yes I beep prematurely but we are done, right? We are we are coming in at just about twenty minutes, and we promised twenty to twenty five minutes. So uh, so now you can beep. That's the end of our show. <laughs> Bye, and, everybody. Uh, good night, everybody.